everyone. My name's Emily, and I'm your host this evening. Um, just to introduce myself a little bit, I'm 34 years old, and I'm a physical therapist living in Tucson, Arizona. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, and came out here to Tucson about eight years ago for my first job as a physical therapist. And I'm working at an inpatient rehab hospital with my friends who are joining me here tonight on the podcast. And um, we are going to talk all about dating. So just to give you information on where I'm at with that, I have been working really hard at my career my whole life and am 34 and still single and feeling like I'm a bit frustrated with where I'm at in the dating world. And at our happy hour last week, we were all sharing about that and thought, hey, let's talk more about that on a podcast. So with that in mind, let me introduce my friends. Hi, I'm Julian. Um, something you'll soon learn about all of us here is that we're all physical therapists. Um, I'm actually pretty new to the city of Tucson. I just moved last year from Seattle, Washington. I'm also new to the profession, but like Emily, I've been uh, in the dating world for quite some time. Um, I'm 27 years old um, and also single. Hi, my name is Luis. I'm also new to Tucson, moved here about a month ago, a little bit over a month ago. This is my first job out of physical therapy school as well. I would say I'm definitely new to the the dating scene. I'm more of a relationship kind of guy. but I moved out here to Tucson to really try to put myself out there and see what else is out there um, in terms of dating and then just in terms of this country as well. Um, And I'm Emily Marie, um, so another Emily, so I'm gonna kind of add in my middle name um, so it's not too confusing. Um, I'm also from the Midwest, from Northern Indiana, Um, another physical therapist that just decided that I wanted to experience the sun of sunny Arizona. Um, I moved out here three years ago um, to Yuma, and then I've been in Tucson for a little over a year now. We also apologize. We have two beautiful golden noodles in the background, so ignore any background noise. And they just decided to battle, even though they were all obsessed with the toys and acting very quietly earlier, so... (laughs) Well, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this. Um, And this is our first episode. And when we were having dinner earlier, we were brainstorming, what do we call ourselves on this show? Um, And we decided to, at least for this first episode, call it the lemon law because we were talking about how apparently on a first date, if you decide within the first five minutes, you don't want to proceed with that date, you can cite the lemon law. Um, And we joked that you could even like hand the person a lemon and that could maybe be a thing. But um, and then for a little pun, because Mount Lemon is here in Tucson, we spell that L-E-M-M-O-N. Hey, let's go with that for tonight. So um, but even on a deeper level, what we really want for this discussion is just being really honest and transparent about how the dating is actually going. And like, what if we could be really direct with the people we were dating and talk about what we really want in our personal lives and in a relationship and what we're looking for. So that's to kind of set the tone for our discussion tonight. Um, So kind of just to start us off, I wanted to just open up the discussion to talk about like overall how we each approach dating here in Tucson. So I can start us off with um, how I've been approaching my dating life, which is, well, I've been career driven for a really long time. And I feel like it's, I, as physical therapists, we really love what we do and care about our patients and see a lot of satisfaction with that. So it's really easy to focus on that. And 
I feel like I've been not as intentional as intentional as I would like <laughs> with dating and I find that like when I'm not intentional about it then um, our dogs are playing okay <laughs> we're gonna let them battle outside so um so I'll tell I'll talk a little bit about my overall strategy with dating here which is just that I have to be intentional about it is what I've realized. So um, I've been very career focused for a while and I think we all probably have that in common with being therapists is we care a lot about our patients and we see directly that if we, if we care for our patients and work really hard at it, we see the result, what difference it makes and, um, and we're really intentional with what we do. And I really want to apply that to my dating life. But to be honest, I haven't really done that as much. I feel like I'm on the online dating apps of Bumble and Hinge, but just sort of unintentionally swiping and not really following through with the messages like I would like to. And then um, focusing so much on my career that I feel like I'm not giving myself that same attention in my personal life that I would really like to do because as I'm sure my colleagues and friends here would agree, we work really hard. It's more than eight hour days. And I am, I would call myself an introvert and that I need a lot of time to recover. And so it doesn't leave a lot of like social energy to date. And so it's really hard to find that balance of like bringing my best self to a first date, for example. So that's a little bit about where I'm at and like where I want to be is to be more intentional with dating. And I think if I am more intentional with it, just like anything else in my life, I feel like I'll um, be happier with it. But for right now, we're all talking about the, the struggles of <laughs> kind of where we're at. So anyone else want to share their overall approach and where they're at? Uh, kind of going based off of what Emily said, I myself am also on the dating apps. Um, but it's kind of hard because I feel like with dating apps, it, it can get very superficial. Um, and we can get kind of swipe happy at times where the point that we're not, obviously we have options and we have the bios there and the like conversation starters and like things to talk about. But ultimately, it's hard to steer away from like the physical att attraction when you're on a dating app when it's the first thing you see is a picture you know so you tend to get swipe happy and you see someone that you wouldn't be physically attracted to and instead of giving them the chance and maybe you guys have something in common because you read their bio or like saw a prompt starter you just swipe left because physically you're not attracted to them so I think that's kind of been my issue with the dating scene I think I don't give everyone a chance and I feel like that's what I want to get better at giving everyone a chance, giving everyone at least a first date in a sense, just to see like, even though the physical attraction isn't there right away, can it be grown? Um, but I don't know, in specific, I wouldn't say I'm really looking for any anything. When it comes to dating, it's just, I'm trying to keep my options open in that sense. Can we just, at least in my opinion, can we just agree that uh, dating apps suck? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, <for sure. laughs> I feel like, you know, and there's no good alternative, you know? We just kind of sit here, like Luis was saying, swiping on dating apps and really mm -hmm. just kind of making our way through the dating scene. And I feel, I feel like it's so superficial. Like, I feel like it's changed our whole dating culture, the fact that we have these dating apps and 
fact that everybody approach has approached them with less and less, you know, like, I feel like they don't value their profile anymore or putting themselves out there anymore. It's just, again, it's like a swipe happy culture. It's almost become like a game. It's like, instant gratification. Exactly. Right? The you instant gratification of it. And, oh, it's a match. Like, what are you actually doing with that? Are you actually going to try and make it yeah. successful? But like, what's the alternative? You know, like we don't yeah. really have that anymore. And I don't know where we lost it, but even in just like, uh, and I kind of grew grew into this in my 20s where it's like really all, all I've really had is dating apps aside from college um, to meet right. people. So I don't know, maybe Emily, you can talk more about like before the dating apps really <laughs> came around. What, what type of dating Whoa, were you doing? <laughs> well, I just, I have to share this, The what sort of sparked some of our discussion too is since we're all on the dating apps and we, sh- we all share a very small office at work and so, and a lot of us here are oversharers. And so we were talking about how we have online dating profiles and Julian was like, oh, Emily, yeah, I haven't seen your profile on Hinge because I only have my age set at 33. So, <laughs> so anyways, yes, I am the, the elder in this podcast here and we'll share that I am such a 90s girl. So of course I, I was born in 1989 and I loved those times of, um, there was so much more mindfulness and being present with people kind of like we're doing here and now is we didn't have the technology that we do today. And I think um, being in person builds empathy and connection. And so when we're online, it can be tough to have that. And so that's what I, I miss is how I grew up, which is, you know, having slumber parties with all my girlfriends and staying up all night and like um, seeing all my friends in school and things like that. And so I do think technology has definitely changed things, but it is like, how can we change that? Because I'm sure we're not alone in that, you know, like people, everyone wants connection and how can we facilitate that with this world of online dating and not just see someone as a profile that you're swiping, but as a person who I think we forget they're real people too because right. I do that a lot yeah. mm-hmm. um, even with myself and my own profile right like mm-hmm. it just becomes really hard to put your true self on a profile it's like one snippet of your life um, yeah and then you know that they're just like quickly going like you said you're looking at a page a picture mm-hmm. and that's all you really take it as right um, so how do we change that I don't know it's hard because I almost feel like being on a dating app, like you're, I feel like you're on Instagram or you're like on Snapchat. Like if you respond to a prompt, like I feel like instead of responding to it genuinely, you're responding, what would be the most appealing to someone, you know, yeah. what would get 100%. someone's attention the most. So it's like, if you don't have something that's appealing and you don't, and you just have something that's genuine, someone's just going to look over it and mm-hmm. not bother reading. It. It'll be like, oh, that's just another thing. Like there's nothing exciting about that. So I feel like it becomes very difficult because like dating apps, I feel like there is a positive to it. Like we're definitely, I feel like I'm able to meet people I wouldn't normally meet with or normally wouldn't connect with, but it's still that social media side where it's like you're getting a very superficial Mm -hmm. look at someone when you look at their dating profile. Right. Almost like it's like a marketing strategy where it's like, how can I catch their eye to at least get them to look further? Um, Without it being too forced, though, because yeah. sometimes I feel like it's mm-hmm. so forced at the beginning. Yeah. And then it's like, is that even who I am? Right. And then they expect that version of you, right? Mm-hmm. You did it on the app. You did it on the messaging. And then it's like, but I don't even know if that was me in that moment. And like whether, Genuinely. Whether we like it or not, we look at someone's 
dating profile, look at someone's picture, and we automatically have, like, a judgment on them. You know, like, whether we tell ourselves, like, oh, we don't want to judge them based off of that. Like, the more you look at their profile, the more you already have a picture of them before you even meet them. So it's like you're not – sometimes you won't even conversate with the person because of their pictures, and then you'll be like, oh, we match, but maybe I'm not – as interested in them as I thought I was when I was swipe happy and I swiped. Because there's been plenty of times where I feel like I match with other people and we just never talk. And I'm like, okay, well, what happened here, you know? I'm curious if they've done like a study about like how many seconds each person person spends <laughs> on a dating profile. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure like like the companies that put out these dating like mm-hmm. like apps have that data, but don't want to share it because I'm kind of curious like how many yeah. seconds or how many like like tens of a second like people might just like within one second on average just like right. swipe left or right, and it's just. I'm a terrible person. Yeah. I am a quick look and yeah. I'm a left. I'm mostly swipe left. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. Like yeah. it could be anything that could set me off or give me that like, you know, like new age term, the ick, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I just, something bothers me and I, yeah. and I swipe left and I hate that. I'm trying to change that yeah. mentality about myself. Like my word of like 2023 is patience and just being like really yeah. intentional with like how I approach this and just being patient about the approach. Um, but it's not an easy task I also feel like well decision fatigue is like a very real thing you know so like there's definitely times where I've Mm -hmm. logged onto a dating profile and I'm like okay I'm gonna look at someone's whole profile I'm gonna look at their picture I'm gonna look at their bio I'm gonna read everything and I'm gonna decide am I really interested in this person you know and it'll go for like the first three or four or five people I see and then after a while I'm like okay I'll just keep looking back to the picture so it's frustrating because like I almost feel like it'd be more beneficial to have a time limit on how how long we're spending on these apps. Mm-hmm. Because like we said, decision fatigue is a very real thing that yeah. after a while you're just becoming swipe happy, you know? Yeah, so it's like maybe set an alarm on your phone where it's like, okay, I'm gonna look yeah. swipe for 15 minutes and then, and be very intentional about looking. I never really looking. thought about that. I and like then, that. yeah, cause then it's, cause sometimes you can spend longer than you would like even too. So then maybe that's a good strategy to prevent the decision fatigue. Yeah. I think the key word with what you were saying is being intentional with our yes. actions and being intentional with how we're swiping. And I feel like mm-hmm. we need to recognize that once we're not intentional with how we're swiping and we're just swiping, it's like, it's probably time to get off the app for like right the, the rest of the day or like the rest or like a couple, like however long mm-hmm. it needs to be. But like once you, and it come it it I feel like it has a lot to do with people being in touch with themselves and being mindful because once you realize that you're not being intentional anymore, it's like mm-hmm. I'm not really swiping to find someone for me. I'm just swiping based off physical attraction, and that's not always a connection. And then that's where it's if neither party is being intentional, that is why no one's initiating a message, or there's a lack of response, or. People are not necessarily bringing themselves their best selves to the date because they're not being intentional with like, I want to be here. I want to talk to this person. So, yeah. And I think it's also like knowing what you want and like, and just that you're, you have the time and space and even mental energy to put into it. So for myself, I'm studying for this big test coming up. So I've sort of, oh put dating on hold, although I have one next week, because <laughs> I have a hard time saying no, I just realized. 
I have major FOMO. Anyways, so, but like trying to hold yourself accountable with, okay, if I feel like I'm getting to that point of decision fatigue or this is not enjoyable, like having that reflection time at the end of the week to say, I'm going to turn off my notifications. I'm going to like, I think there's an option to hit snooze on the profile so that you're turning it off and not putting your time and energy because the worst thing is feeling like you're trying to balance work and friends and all these things and you're not being um, intentional with what you're doing. So kind of curious not to change subjects too much, but I feel like I have maybe one that comes to mind. Does anybody here also have like a worst first date story based off of somebody that you met on one of these apps and that wants to share? Because I think it'd be really interesting to kind of go around and share if anybody has the stories. Um, I guess I'll go first because I said that I have one. So. <laughs> it sounds like you have one, you know, if, But if anybody else wants to share after, but, you know, I think it's just like that, like, you know, it, the idea that you get about somebody versus, like, expect, I guess expectation versus reality. And I feel like that's where, what it really boils down to. Um, and I really, this isn't really, like, too crazy of a story, but I remember going on a date back when I lived in Seattle and I looked at this person's picture um, they're what, like, just to kind of give you general features of them, they're brunette, like about five foot six in their pictures. Um, and they're like, oh gosh, um, they, they look like they're about like 23, 24 years old. They have like 24 on their profile. Um, and I'm going on, on these dates in, in, uh, Seattle with a lot of people in the same age range. So I kind of like fit them in that age range. I show up on this date, I'm looking all, all around the whole entire room. I'm trying to like find, like match this person. I see somebody who is like, in my eyes, maybe in their mid thirties, um, <laughs> who is blonde. Um, the only person I see that's sitting alone at a table who's blonde, who's about four or five inches shorter. And she said, said she was on the profile. And she's, she's like, Julian, is that you? And I'm like, oh gosh, literally like a catfish, right? But it's just like, and you really only hear it the other way around, but I'm like, wow, this, this one put like completely different pictures. Um, and it's like, and it wasn't a good date at all. Like it was just like, she, um, she had no idea what to talk about. She, I, I don't know why I even stayed for like five or 10 minutes. Cause yeah. I didn't have, I didn't like pull out my profile. So maybe I was like, maybe I got it wrong. Like I didn't look back at the profile and I was like, maybe I was just overthinking things. Maybe I looked at the wrong girl and there were two girls in the picture. And so I only really confirmed it after, but it was just like a terrible experience of like people like putting like yeah. what they wanted people to see about themselves, mm-hmm. which was completely different than who they were. And maybe if she'd put out who the real her was, like I would have gone in like yeah. a little bit, you know, I, I feel like you just with have... a better, more positive attitude about it. But mm-hmm. it was just like, I feel like, you know, you got catfished in kind of a way. It was yeah. just like a terrible overall date. And then I ended up paying so much for drinks at the end, even though I only stayed for like 20 minutes because the drinks oh. were super expensive at the place yeah. that I was at. So, yeah, I'm just too nice that to leave too. Good. I feel like I should have just left, but you know, it yeah. is what it is. Easier said than done. Yeah, right? exactly. We've all been there. Yeah. So. And I feel like that's when the the lemon law that we've been talking oh, about. Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah, I would have come in right away and be like, "You don't look like." Let me just double check the profile. Yeah. Like, like you don't look exactly like their profile. Lemon law, you know, right there. Right. You know, it's just like I just I don't deal with this. Like, I don't want somebody to show me somebody that they're not. So, I don't know if anybody else like it doesn't have to be that story, but like some similar stories. Like, it doesn't have to be a first date even, but just meeting somebody on a dating profile or a dating app. Yeah. 
that. Yeah. If anybody has some. I story. don't. I don't personally don't think I've been out in the dating scene enough or like mm-hmm. dated enough to have a horrible first date yet. Yeah. Not saying that all my first dates <laughs> yes. have been great. But there's definitely but not terrible. The, my my time is gonna come, you know, and I feel like I it'll like, be a lear- it'll be a learning we'll experience. No. Maybe we shouldn't have that. No, no, I, I feel like the definition of first my date in the dictionary is terrible. You know, it's literally <laughs> in there. Like I feel we, like good is the exception. It's true. never it never really happens. It's usually uncomfortable terrible. experience. Yeah, because yeah. I know, like we kind of talked about this before, but I'll just share it on the podcast. I mean. We had talked with this guy. It was over Bumble, I believe it was. This was when I was in PT school, so it was a couple years back now. But um, and we had been chatting about like where we wanted to kind of meet and like what we wanted to do for our first date. And at the time, I was kind of really into like dinner dates, you know, kind of have a little bit more time to chat with them. And I remember saying the only thing I don't enjoy is sushi. And so this um, gentleman was like, kind of gave me the address where to meet him. Um, and I, I pulled up to the restaurant and at first I didn't know that it was a sushi restaurant because it was kind of like, I don't know, not very obvious. And so then I get inside and it's very obviously a sushi restaurant. Um, he was also 10 minutes late to the date. Oh, um, also, <laughs> maybe I should have noticed the signs of then, but I didn't. Um, and so we sat down to dinner and he kind of like, told me that the reason he wanted me to be at this sushi date was because he wanted to me to branch out and become adventurous. And I just, at the time, was just really overwhelmed. But looking back, I'm like, that was terrible. Like, yeah, I should have lovely. really lemon lawed that right yeah. then and there. Um, yeah, it's I like <laughs> you haven't even met him and you're already, like, not feeling right. heard at all. It's right. like you literally Absolutely. made your request and it was not and i feel like people are allowed to have their differences yeah. i think something oh i find gosh, on yeah. like dating apps and i don't know how you guys feel but i feel like if i don't enjoy every activity that they enjoy it's it's yeah. a no oh i'm sorry you don't like extreme mountain yeah. biking like i'm we're not going to work out <laughs> and it's like i don't know if i need to love everything that you love right yeah right same goes for me like i don't really need you to enjoy music the way i do or yeah whatever but I don't know. I don't know what you guys That's feel That's such about a good that. point because I found myself doing the same thing. Like I look and be like, hey, not all of our interests match up. Yeah. But like you see the successful couples out there and like they usually balance each other out more with differences than they do with similarities at the end of the day. Like, so I feel like, like I want to be an individual yeah, yeah. in a relationship. Like exactly. I want to have totally. things I enjoy doing with my significant other, but also have my own hobbies and my own interests that keep me me. Yeah. And I think that's healthy because then it's, you know, you're taking time for yourself and even facilitating and um, having other friendships Mm -hmm. that fuel you so that it's not just a ton of together time. And just that you have that humility towards what your partner's Mm -hmm. interests are and that they might hang out with other people to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I feel like I haven't had terrible first dates just – the one guy that had a jellyfish shirt was interesting <laughs> that I was telling you earlier about. But I think um, part of why no stories come to mind is that I feel like I've been on so many first dates that I try to change my attitude to say, like, what can I learn from this person or what can I learn from myself about this interaction? Like, I do think having a good mindset around it is important. And so rather than dreading it and being like, oh, this is two hours of my time I won't have, which I've definitely had as a negative mindset, just saying like, 
what can I learn from this person and what connection can I make? And how can I even like practice different communication styles that I want in a future relationship in this situation right now? So I try and change my mindset around it as a coping mechanism. (laughs) I've kind of taken it as like, also it's helping me build like what I really want in a future husband. Cause I kind of look at dating as a, a very big future thing. Like I'm not looking to date to date. I'm looking to like find a future partner. So I feel like it tells me a lot about somebody. If I don't enjoy their date, why didn't I enjoy it? Right. What about that? Did I like not click with, or Mm -hmm. did they not click with me? Like, is there something that I'm not being that I need to be, you know, just, um, self-reflecting about the date afterwards. I feel like is my decompression when I drive home. (laughs) I also feel like, you show up to a date, it's a bad date, you have two options, you either leave or you stick it through and see what I can learn from this. <laughs> and like, overall, hearing everyone talk, I feel like none of us are just gonna be like, yeah, we'll just leave, you know? But that's the whole reason why we're talking about the mama. Like a lot of us are gonna stay and be like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have stayed or stayed and be like, what can I learn from this kind of yeah. thing? But that's just the kind of people we are. So honestly, I feel like it's a blessing and a curse because it's like, it's good because we're learning a lot about ourselves, but it's also a curse because it's like, we're wasting our time. And it's like, this time could have been spent on somebody else. This time could have been spent on myself, focusing on myself kind of thing. Cause we all have a ton of different things going on. So I think it's more so just like, I don't know, almost just like, not to say we don't have respect for ourselves, but just like standing up for ourselves and like knowing that our time is valuable and knowing that, Sometimes things are just not going to be compatible. Sometimes you just got to be selfish and think about yourself. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, sometimes it's not you. It's really them. You know, <laughs> you're just not compatible. And like, mm-hmm. you should be able to feel like you're, you can walk away. Because I think the problem is we're worried about walking away and being looked at badly, you know. But it's like, these are people we never would have met before unless mm-hmm. it was a dating app. Like, there's really no reason why we shouldn't be able to walk away, which is... Yeah. Just an internal dilemma that I feel like a lot of us will, will deal with if we show up to a date and it's like, do I stay or do I go? More right. than often, and we're going to stay. part of me thinks maybe it'll get better. I think I try to like, mm-hmm. maybe it'll get better. And I think I have this voice in my head that like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm 29. I said I'm from the Midwest. Like all of my friends are married. Like yeah. I have this other mm-hmm. internal battle where I feel like I'm behind. And so sometimes I feel like I approach a date as like, this is normal. Like it'll get better. (laughs) Push through Emily, power through, but maybe I need to self care, step back and I don't know. Yeah. And I, I think, um, what I'm hearing is time is a precious commodity for all of us. And I think that's maybe part of the problem is this lack of, and the other person probably has that same mindset coming into it where their time is also valuable to them. And so when both parties are coming at it, like, oh, is this going to be worth my time? Because I think it all the time. Oh, I could be home watching Gilmore Girls by myself with (laughs) wine, with a pizza in the oven. And that sounds amazing. So it's hard to be like, oh, I kind of want to be there versus I'm here. So if I think the first step would be like, this theme of being intentional with it and saying, what can I learn and trying not to see it as, Oh, is this going to be a waste of time or not? And then with you, Emily, I, Emily Marie, (laughs) our multiple Emily's, what we've talked about is that we, what we have in common is like feeling this pressure as women to have it all with a career and all of our Midwest friends who are settling down. And I think 
just, I really like that concept of abundance mindset versus lack. And I think that's another thing we could do is, you know, not feel like, oh, is, is this person going to be it? Because I'm on a ticking clock, you know, and I got to settle yeah. down and, and knowing that like the right person's out there and I have this abundant mindset, like it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And no, I that can't. time is, yeah. So I can definitely relate to that a lot for sure. Do you guys feel that pressure? <laughs> I feel like I know. what do guys think about this? Like are you feeling a time crunch or feeling like you're wanting to find some a, a lasting relationship right now? Or are you I think it's hard because friends, right? You know? I'm literally going to three weddings this year. And yeah. it's just like I think that's it's, you know. It's weird also because we don't necessarily have the biological clock. I feel like that a lot of women, like, I feel like I've heard that a lot, you know, a lot of women yeah. are like, ah, oh, that's biological clock, you know, and then they have to do like everything at once, date, like engaged, married, kids, yeah. right away. They have a timeline, right? And it's hard. Um, and I feel that timeline, but in a different way. It's just like not really the biological clock way, but it's like, I want to settle down. Like, it almost goes back to like, what's the purpose of life, mm-hmm. right? It goes down to like, what do you want out of life? And I want companionship. I think we all want companionship. Um, not just in friends, but like that one person mm-hmm. that really gets us and connects with us and mm-hmm. we can connect with on another level. And, you know, it's it's really hard when you don't have that and you see other people have it, you know? It'd be different if like life was like all about friendship and everybody was just, you know, so happy being friends with each other. But it's different when we're all at different stages. And so I think... That pressure is like always, always there, always right. on the back of your mind. At least for me, it is. Yeah, and I feel like going off of that, like you look for companionship, but like a lot of us want to build families. So like, even though we don't have that biological clock as men, like the older we're getting, the older the women we're dating are also getting. You know, so like, <laughs> just like <laughs> those women, they have a biological clock that doesn't. It's not necessarily our clock, but like. When you think about it, like, unless we date younger and it's like, okay, how much younger are we actually going to date and not be creepy, you know? Yeah. And, and also there's also the fact that, like, you don't want to be 60 while your kid's, like, going through high school, you yeah. know? There's, right. like, you want to be able to, like, play and interact with them at a younger Enjoy age, Enjoy their full... Oh, yeah. Especially being in the field that we are, like, mm-hmm. we see patients and they're, like, young and they have teenage kids and, like, yeah. they're in inpatient rehab and it's like, yeah, this is not the kind of parent I want to be for my teenage kids, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, and let's talk more about that. Cause I think, um, just to give all of our listeners a more of a background on inpatient rehab is it's kind of an intense setting where people are, um, discharged to us at a rehab hospital from the hospital. So they're like medically stable, but they're not strong enough to go home independently. So it's a lot of people who have maybe had a stroke or traumatic brain injury or, or in a car crash where they have a fracture um, and they're non-weight bearing to one leg and so how are they going to get around their house so that's my quick synopsis of inpatient <laughs> it's, it? it's funny how you explain that because like I like I was like a lot of our listeners I don't know who's listening but a lot of our listeners are going to be like what is that but also it applies to dating a lot because like you want somebody that understands like your profession and values Correct. your profession and I feel yeah. like it like being medical professionals 
that's like that's like a big thing for me like is yeah. like as much as like i don't want to care about education as much as i don't yeah. want to like i want differences i still want people to understand what i'm giving my life to every single day or why i'm passionate about yeah, it yeah i don't even I'm... care if they know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. except for that they understand that that's why i get up every morning yeah and like they don't even understand every word right? they don't have yeah. to know what weight bearing is tolerated <laughs> exactly, but yeah like but... non-weight bearing one <laughs> So, but I, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but like our jobs are really intense. Like I, and we, and I, my job before this was working with people with Parkinson's and neurodegenerative disease. And I just, you see these amazing partnerships, some not so good, but I think because we see people in really intense settings and you see these awesome partners who stick with their partners through that, um, I think it kind of puts things in life perspective a lot where it's like, I feel like I have very high standards with what I'm looking for. I'm like, I want someone who's emotionally intelligent and going to be there for me when I'm non-weight bearing my left leg. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I think that's something too, that we all maybe have in common where, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there too, who have very intense jobs. I feel Um, like it's a fine line between are my standards too high or like, do I just have a lot of self-respect for myself and know what I bring to the table, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's like, it really, it's just a perspective thing. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what it comes down to. Does it come down to the person and how they see it? Does it come down to me and how I see it? Like, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's definitely a fine line between those two things. I like to say that it's, you just know what you're bringing or to when the you, table. Or when you find the right person, will they just not get it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like... Yeah. Sometimes you do bring their values and your things and you set them on a table and like people just kind of look at you, right? But like I feel like the right person just wouldn't judge that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they might have similar things to bring to the table. Right. Yeah. Something I've been thinking about a lot related to dating is like baggage. I feel like, you know, I've just been thinking about it for myself. I'm like, what baggage am I bringing to the table? Right? Would you like to tell us what's in, in your baggage? Oh, too? gosh. I don't know if I want to open up all my bags. I have yeah. one 50-pound suitcase. My baggage is pretty heavy. You're it on the scale or you need to pay an extra fee. Oh, I'm definitely paying an extra pounds. fee. And I'm thinking about like how often that affects my dating world, dating life because I'm like, I think about my dating behaviors and I'm like, oh, I don't want this person to see the inside of my house. And it's for a particular reason. Like, it's like past experiences that, you know, you've been scared from. We're like, oh, I don't want to go on here for my first date. And I'm like, how many different things have we built up that's affecting us and how we're dating right now? And it's just like in every single date we go on, it's something new. It doesn't have to be like bagging in the traditional sense, but it's basically who you are as a person filled by your left, your past experiences. And so yeah. I think, I think about that a lot because I'm like, maybe I'm restricting myself too much because I have these expectations because of my baggage or I have certain restrictions because of my baggage. And I think that's maybe why it's so yeah. hard sometimes is because of the well, baggage. And I would like to redefine yeah. baggage because yeah. I feel like it has a negative connotation. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I really feel like, when I've opened myself up to just embracing the gray and like really seeing the person I'm dating or even like, or not even that I'm dating just any relationship in my life. It's like, here's this person in front of me who comes to me with their experiences and their past traumas. And it's like, that makes us who we are. And I think, um, that helps us develop connection is sharing those things and saying like, here's what I learned from that. And then, also, like, you know, trying to see each person as a clean slate and giving them that benefit, yeah. benefit of the doubt that, you know, 
that person is not the person you dated before and like how can you create that space for the person you're with and like what they might have been through in the past and I gosh and I know it's so cliche but I think that's why so communication is so important in a relationship because I feel like now that you bring it up I think about how have I tackled this issue of like baggage or like I guess I can't really think of a better term for it at this point in time but like how I tackled in the past and then through communication like being open about what I'm bringing to the table so like, yeah, like I think communication that you should, is so key. I think maybe not calling it baggage and just being like, this is this is what I bring in terms of wisdom of what I've learned from my past experiences, and that's how I'm gonna um, be a better communicator in this relationship moving forward. Do you have any baggage, Louise? <laughs> I feel like I do have a lot of baggage that we have to. Read. But I also feel like everyone's definition and description of baggage is differently so something i might look as baggage the next person i date could be like oh well that's just an everyday kind of thing for me you know like it's not really baggage so i think i don't know me personally like i'm an overshare so like i I feel like i do have a lot of baggage but like to me it's like i tend to lay it all on the table and then i get the vibe like did you really want to hear all that (laughs) did you not want to hear all that yeah um and then i I don't know i guess i just take it from there Ugh, I love being an oversharer. I just feel like that's where life is at. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it helps me connect to people. No, I and I feel like do. going based off what you said before, like I feel like that's just really what makes somebody a person. Like I want to know why you are the person you are today yeah. kind of yeah, thing. Exactly. And I feel like that comes from talking about your baggage and maybe even your like past traumas and things like that. But I also understand that people aren't like me and people aren't going to open up to that on the first date. And if I open up to that on the first date, it can be very overwhelming for them to the point where they rather just push me away because I'm sharing all this stuff. And they're like, Oh, I'm not ready for that yet. Kind of thing. So it it also kind of sucks because it's like, damn, did I miss out on a connection just because I overshared and they weren't ready for all that just yet. You know, like maybe down the line, this would have been a lot better. Mm -hmm. It was just not the right time and not the right place yet for this, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, is all of that there? It's just that they didn't feel comfortable getting there as quickly as you did, for sure. Yeah, and I just feel like that also comes with, like, vulnerability, you know? It's like, Mm -hmm. how vulnerable are you going into Mm -hmm. a first date? Are you, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. going in with open arms, or are you going in with, like, a shield up, you know? like Yeah. And, again, that goes based off past dating experience and and how your first dates have been like, oh, I know shitty first dates in the past, Mm -hmm. so it's like, I'm going to have my guard up this time. But the next person could be someone you don't really have to have your guard up, which sucks because I almost feel like, the past first dates can ruin it for like the future first dates. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. Like I, from past experiences, I am not very much of a sharer. Um, I have been hurt several times in the past, and that's not even just with guys and dating. Um, that goes to like friendships and things that have happened in the past. And honestly, I have opened up, and I used to be a very open person. Um, and then I kind of got burned several times. And so I feel like that's the baggage I bring. Like that's my carry on, if you will. And so I just am very much a, not an overshare. Cause I feel like if I do to- show too much, I'm going to get attached too quickly. Um, and then when yeah. I get attached too quickly, then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the attitude, unfortunately, that I have about dating. And it's yeah. something really hard to 
to change. Because I almost feel like it's yeah. a connection. Like if I share something with someone that I've never shared with anybody else, I automatically feel more attached to them because I shared something I haven't right. shared with anybody else, you know? Because it's like a piece of who you really are, right? Like mm-hmm. we can talk about the weather and our jobs and like what we enjoy, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But that really doesn't get to the root of who you are as a person. So once mm-hmm. you get to that level, I feel like they know you better. And now you feel like you have a connection with this person. And like, that's a lot harder to walk away from. Right. In my opinion. And then you risk getting hurt again, (laughs) like it sounds like you have in the past. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's easier to, yeah, keep your guard up with that. And um, it's a lot easier to be surface level and not get hurt about it. Just walk away. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like when you've been in those experiences, it's like, it's much harder to disconnect from a, uh, like a connection than to like, Mm -hmm. you built it. So like it could just, everything could just click at one point. The connection is so natural. Mm-hmm. But then disconnecting, it's hard because it's so different from person to person. Like some person, some people can just like act like nothing ever happened. But then the other person, it's like, how can you act that way? Yeah. When we were just sharing everything the day before and now you're acting like we don't even know each other, you know? Right. It's like, it's a grieving process and everybody grieves differently. Mm-hmm. But it's hard because you work so hard to build a connection. And then, yeah, I also feel like that also kind of goes with like people just don't want to be friends after like mm-hmm. things are cut off, you know? Like me personally, if I cut something off with someone, right. I don't feel comfortable being friends with them at all. Because yeah, I know myself yeah. enough yeah, that exactly. even if we're like, oh, we're just friends or we can be friends, I, in the back of my mind, it's like, okay, well, we had a, a connection in the past. Like what happened, you For know? For sure. But that's just me personally. I don't know if you guys have other experiences. Like you can cut people off, cut relationships off, but like still interact with them, still be friends with them. like. That's not me, you know? Same. I feel like it was easy in high school when the relationships meant less, but now (laughs) in like, you know, when the relationships mean more, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's different, right? It's like, you know each other, especially the people that you know as like in in one context first, you know? Oh, yeah. It's just in relationships at its first. It's like, how do you be friends with them after? Yeah. That's true, because I also feel like sometimes, whether you like it or not, things move too fast, and like Mm -hmm. you you almost skip that friendship, you know? Yeah. You right. get just into a relationship and then things don't work out and then you're like, oh, well, I never really got to experience them as a friend. Like, I'm sure as a friend, it probably would have been better. We probably would have been okay. Or maybe this connection wouldn't have ended if we were friends first kind of thing. Like, right. there's just a lot running through your head when things disconnect. And it's hard because me personally, I tend to move very quick and then it ends up biting me in the yeah. ass later on. Yeah, Totally. And the way I like to think about it is let people um, kind of gain your trust because I was the same way with you or, and it seems like a lot of us here, I am very vulnerable very quickly and like put it all out there. And then sometimes it comes back to bite me. And so um, kind of being strategic in a way of like who you share that with and letting other people earn that trust and like you sharing that with them and like um even just seeing you know what their vibe is and what they're sharing and like trusting your gut that like oh now seems like a good time to share this or you know kind of letting that naturally happen in terms of what you want to share and what you want to hold back um so that you're finding that balance between you know not being too guarded that you miss out on opportunities but also um, not overdoing it also. It's interesting that both of you have had that similar experience because now that you say it, I think about like 
I was in a, I guess like a, almost a year relationship, maybe a little bit less, um, about a year or so ago, um, at this point in time. Um, and I remember like when we were like kind of having that conversation to end it, one of the things she said to me, she was like, oh my gosh, you wear your heart on your sleeve. You share so much. You open yourself up so much. The one thing I'm going to tell you is don't do that. Like you put your, like, she's like, she's like, you, like you open yourself up to so much heartbreak. You give, you give way too much of yourself. And she's like, that's the one piece of advice I can give you. And it was like, like I was like, you. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, but I didn't stop me. Right. I feel yeah. like to actually have like for me, and I feel like very similar to Louise in this instance where it's like, I really want to put my heart on my sleeve, like show who I am on a first, yeah. even on a first date, but even in dating in general, because that's how I connect with people. Um, and even if though I've had bad experiences in the past, like that experience, I was like, I don't want to stop doing that. Cause then I feel like, I never have a chance to make the genuine connections as much as it hurts yeah. every time because I put my heart on my sleeve and people know the most like deepest innermost secrets that I have. Like I still, I still do it every single time, right. you know? And, and then you're being true to yourself, which is ultimately yeah. what you want to do. And yeah. then you know that you were yourself and honoring what you wanted to do. And I also feel like that's a very confusing thing to hear from someone that like, you were in a relationship for with over a year like yeah you would fair. think you would think like anybody else would be grateful for something like that mm-hmm. like oh you're so open you share your feelings you share your emotions things yeah. like that and then like the relationship ends and they're like oh well i didn't like this about you it's like okay well like we were together for so yeah. long and yeah. like yeah. and it's only now coming <laughs> yeah exactly it almost you feels know? like how did it the get whole this relationship far? was dishonest then at the end of the day right yeah, you know? yeah. But going, I feel like that also going off, I'm glad, like, we take that and, like, okay, like, you're you're entitled to your opinion, like, you can think what you want, but ultimately having that self-respect that it's, like, that's who I am and that's who I'm going to continue to be in. If you can't accept me for that, then tell me sooner rather than right. later. Like right. with, if I was in that situation, I would have loved to know sooner than rather than later. Yeah. It sucks that yeah. I had to be that long before you heard something like that. Because if you said something to me like that, it's like, okay, then we're just not compatible. Let's go our separate ways. But it's like, right. like he's like Julian was saying, it's just mm-hmm. like, you almost feel like the whole relationship was like, not even what real. What were we doing? You know, what were we yeah. doing? You know, like when, like, why did it take so long for you to tell me this? You know? And that goes along with like, what Julian said before, just communication at the end of the day. I feel like mm-hmm. it's such a simple thing, but like, so it's just transparency, communication. People like, if you don't, if we don't say it, nobody's going to know, you know? And people like, communicate differently. So just like being open about like how you like to receive communication yeah. and then also how you give communication. Cause like mm-hmm. everyone's like, ways and styles are so different and just being and knowing that I think is okay like if she wasn't open and honest with Julian but like he was with her maybe she if she had that open conversation with you about it not that you were going to change yourself but you could maybe adapted your communication style to her right yeah you know just like I think it's just like figuring out the person at a, at a different level but yeah you make a good point yeah, and just that you didn't have control over the fact that she did not share right. that with you until way later, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that um, I really like the phrase what I've been working on is let other people show you who they are because yeah. I have the tendency to live in this dream world where I'm like, oh, yeah, since I like this person, like it's going to be a thing and there's all, you know, 
this is how I want things to be, but it's like people's actions speak for themselves and like believe people when they show you who they are, yeah. like this sushi guy who <laughs> said we're going to a sushi restaurant. Right. I kind of live in a Hallmark world when I'm dating. <laughs> yes. I really yeah. want it to be a Hallmark movie mm-hmm. and man, it just hasn't worked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Having a relationship with reality is yeah. better. And like, and feeling that grief. I think sometimes we do things to avoid that grief because it does hurt so much. But like, if you can just sit with that mm-hmm. um, grief, I know, I think it's Tara Brock is an awesome psychologist who has all this stuff on grief. So I want to give her credit for that, where she says like, if you just actually sit with that feeling and then you make it through, it's like, oh, And it's that it's much fine. easier the next yeah. time. Because next time, you know, like, okay, I've been through this, mm-hmm. like. I'm going to get through it kind yeah. of thing. But when you try to avoid it, it's like you're not really healing in a sense and you're not really soaking all that emotion in, you know? And like kind right. of being mm-hmm. intentional and mindful. It's like me personally, when I do get in those funks, I feel like, wow, like not many people get to be upset like this. Not many people get to feel hurt like this. And I'm like, I'm almost grateful in a sense, like, wow, I get to experience this because next time I feel it, it's not going to hurt as bad. So that's just my twist on things, but obviously grieving or like disconnecting yeah. from someone is never, never easy. Right. Oh, a good cry feels good. Oh, Doesn't uh-huh. it? Absolutely. I know. Oh like very if cathartic. we can just see that as a good experience. <laughs> I don't understand why men are so afraid to cry <laughs> so much because a good cry really does feel good. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So true. So yeah, communication so important and. So, like, if we were to create this dream dating world, what does that look like to each of you? Like, we've talked about kind of some of the things we get frustrated by, but, like, let's say tomorrow the dating world we want to create exists. What does that look like? Um, <laughs> gosh, I feel like it's just, like, it starts with conversation. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just open conversation. Like, like we looks out of it. Just having more, like, direct open conversations. I think it also starts with being as honest as possible, not trying to put on an image on the first date and like yeah. everybody kind of being in that same element. Um, I like the idea where just dating is just like an easy part of life. It comes naturally, not like something that you have to seek out or go towards. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, like, hey, how are you doing? You know, you walk across the street, be like, hey, you want to go grab coffee right now? <laughs> You know, something like that where it's just easy. It's just easy, right? Or like you're with somebody, you meet somebody new at a party, like it's through a friend and you're like, hey, let's just like hang out right now. You know, I want want it to be that easy. And not like any, no rules. Yeah, Just like dating sans the rules. Exactly. (laughs) And it's just like, it feels like there's so many unwritten rules. Um, but you know, the, the only rule that I'm going to keep is 11 laws. That's the (laughs) only rule that I want to keep at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of allowing the other person to be where they're at and just seeing, you know, if you're in alignment. Come, I, yeah, like come as you are. I feel like that's my phrase as a therapist <laughs> since in inpatient rehab, when we walk into the room, it's like, we know, we don't know if the person's going to be on the toilet or in <laughs> bed or in a dangerous like spot, yeah. unsafe, or if they're ready to go. So we have to be very adaptable in our job. So can we do that same thing where it's like, I have no expectations. Here's this person in front of me. I'm going to learn from it what I can and just like let it be what it's going to be. I think if we approach it that way, that would be my dream world. 
Yeah, I think kind of going based off of what Julian said, I think in a perfect world, it would be more of like a casual thing where it's just like you're walking down the street and it's like, hey, let's go get coffee or like let's grab a drink. And then it's like, yeah, on the same end of things, it's like if you're not interested, like making that no, hey, and no, I'm not interested, this isn't working yeah. out versus like, oh, I'm going to ghost you, you know, or oh, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to text you back or like, yeah, we'll keep texting, but we're probably never going to hang out again. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just like be again intentional with like what you want and if it's not working like just communicate that and i feel like it it's helpful on both ends because on one end you're communicating what you want and on the other end they're being respectful and they're not wasting your time and keep texting you keep communicating with you so like in the perfect world for me i just feel like i almost like check-ins and just like communicating like are you like or is this still something we want to pursue yeah. or is it not you know because i feel like a lot of times we feel like we need to pursue things because we've already been on that first date or because we yes. have matched on a on a dating app or because we do yes. have similar interests it's just mm-hmm. like no like if at some point you feel like this isn't working anymore then just let that be known we'll go bo- yeah. both our separate ways no love lost no love found you know like <laughs> that's a good phrase it's really like like, that. like because before all this you were someone i've never knew i've never known before you know yeah I love that. Well, I feel like a good topic for next time could be to dive more into. I love this question of like, yeah, how long do you keep something going? Or like, are you looking for that attraction right away? So I would love if maybe next episode we dive into more personal examples of that. Does anyone have any other like topic ideas for next time since we're I'm interested, up on an hour. Yeah. I'm interested to know everybody's love language too and yes. how that kind of affects your dating relationship life too. Yes. That'd be super interesting. And then I also want to hear just like kind of a side topic, everybody's first impression of each other. Oh. I really... Julian is the truth bomber of the crew, so we have to be on our toes and yeah. ready for what I'm oh, Yeah. So maybe that's what you can look forward to next time on on the lemon law so thank you so much for joining everyone this was our first episode and just chatting about our dating lives here in tucson so again i'm emily i'm louise i'm julian and i'm emily marie and we'll see you on the next episode have a good night